Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Hey everybody, welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. My guest today is Christina Lundberg. She's a Buddhist filmmaker. Her new film called For the Benefit of All Beings is about a gentleman named Garchin Rinpoche. I hope I said that correctly. Did I say that right, Christina? No, it's Rinpoche. Rinpoche. I, I actually, for everyone in my audience, must know that I practiced this like 50 times. <laughs> I still couldn't get it right. So uh, I'm off today in my pronunciations. But anyway, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. So I pulled a quote off of your website that said, and I believe these are the words of the gentleman who you're doing the film about. It's, it says, the only cause of happiness is love, and the only cause of suffering is self-grasping. Yeah. That's right. Those are quotes directly from Garchin Rinpoche. Okay. So I thought that that would be kind of interesting to explore, you know, in my feeling about a spiritual practice that opens our opens our consciousness to being more worldly and more um, looking out of ourselves instead of looking at ourselves or coming from our ego self. Yeah, the, this notion of self-grasping is um, perhaps new to some folks in thinking about their life experience in those terms. What does that exactly mean? Mm. It's, uh, from my understanding and my experience, from receiving teachings from Garja Rinpoche for, oh gosh, almost 19 years now, is uh, basically he teaches that all of our suffering, the source, the root of all of our suffering comes from self-grasping. And that, well, why don't, um, okay, tell me what your thoughts are and what that means, because some people might hear this and go, well, what the heck does self-grasping mean? Right, right. Well, Another way to explain self-grasping would be self-cherishing. And it's basically, I call it the song of I, ah. the letter I. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And pretty much our, our thoughts are, the majority of our thoughts throughout a day begin with I. And our, our whole focus, our whole emphasis is on ourselves um, in a sense of, what can I do to make myself happy? How can I relieve my suffering? Uh, how can I get what I want? How yeah, can but, I... And, and I get that. But how do we, I mean, I think about that, and I talk about that a lot, that, that to sit in one's own happiness then vibrates that out to the world, and how you can't really vibrate out care and love and, and, and responsibility if you're not having those things for yourself. So how do you balance that? Because if you don't have that love for yourself, you can't give it to other people. Right. And so what this teaching is about is saying that actually you will find that love for yourself in the ultimate sense uh, in a way that you've never experienced if you can basically cut through the ignorant perception 
of how you think you've been existing and experiencing everything. Hmm. And that has to be unpacked, right? That's a yeah. Loaded, loaded yeah, that's huge. Concept. But basically, the, just to try to get to the essence of what that means is, is that um, when we choose to cherish ourselves, over cherishing somebody else, we are continually creating the cause for that ignorance to persist. And it's, it seems counterintuitive, like, oh, I have to help somebody else before I can help myself. Well, you actually go hand in hand. And well, it, it, I will say that I've heard that in order for you to, to shift out of you know, if you're having a, a bad moment or a bad day or something, it's always shifts when you help somebody else or smile at somebody or pick something up for somebody or do something else for somebody, right? I right. get that. I get that concept. But how are you able to do that on a, on a daily or profound level if you don't have that own feeling for yourself? Well, <clears throat> uh, the thing is, is with, you know, with Buddhist practice, there, there are many components, and uh, one of which is you've got to listen to the teachings, but then you've got to meditate on them. And so we're all ruled by our own uh, habitual patterns, or mm-hmm. we would call karmic patterns, of ways of perceiving, perceiving the world and experiencing the world. And the only way you can get any space from those karmic patterns, which are ruled by that self-grasping concept we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier mm-hmm. is to meditate and get in touch with um, your actual true nature. So and that's, and is it, I'm sorry, that's a, what you're saying then is that um, a deeper spiritual practice brings you an, a, a different awareness to who you are. That's right. A different awareness to how and and what you really are Mm. Mm -hmm. and most of us don't ever really experience that because we're ruled by our habitual patterns right which keep us trapped in a cycle of suffering and there are moments of happiness and moments of joy but there's nothing with any real continuity those uh, peaceful states of mind right how do how do we change that and and how do we get out of that trap of, of self-absorption, so to speak, or mm-hmm. the ego self? How do we break out of that? So that's what I'm, I'm touching on with developing a meditation practice with the motivation to develop more awareness and mindfulness. But all of it has the motivation is really critical of why, why do you want to change, and, and it has to be an altruistic motivation for the benefit of others. Well, I think that it may not start that way for people. I, I, I mean, you have to, if, if you're looking at it from a big picture, for me anyway, I did not do meditation and deepen my spiritual practice for the benefit of the world. I did it because no, I, was, no. I was in a great deal of pain. Yes. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't live this way anymore. And because those avenues opened up to me, I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And it's it's different than anything else that's ever been presented to me. And so I'm going to try it. And and 
in the experience of it is where I understood ultimately that when things shift within myself, I can then shift that out into the world. Right. And that's the thing that, um, and myself included, for my spiritual path, it started with extreme suffering. And Mm. that's generally the case for most people. It's either extreme suffering or extreme beauty that brings you to a spiritual path. But I think where, um, yeah, I mean, it's almost like a riddle. How, How is it that cherishing others is going to make me happier? It's just one of the byproducts of what happens on the path. And, yeah, you don't start with meditation, but it will take you there. And the more that you deepen your meditation practice and contemplate the teachings and put them into practice and so on, uh, the happier you become and you do spread that to others more easily and naturally. That It just, yeah, it's kind of a natural progression. You know, I think for myself that it, it, that's definitely been my experience that when I first started meditating, it was just all about getting out of the pain of my mind, constantly telling me things that I didn't know whether they were real or not about self-worth and about who I was in the world and that whether I matter. I mean, at the, at the point that I started, I didn't even think I mattered in the world. Like, just don't, I don't even matter. So why am I here? So I started with that. Like, why am I here? And over time, I don't know that those that answer has ever been, you know, given to me that I could write it down and say, I am here because blah, 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 blah. But what has come to me over time is, you know, the light that I shine, that I bring, is, is the only light that I can shine. And it's the only one here in shining the way that I can shine it. And that, that is more, that's the... That's the essence of being. And so that is the divine um, reflection. And that matters. So because that matters, consequently, I understood that I mattered, even if I wasn't mattering in the way that I thought that I would or that I could or that that society told me I should. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, that that totally makes sense. And it... Um and then I'd, I'd love to just talk about a metaphor that Garcia Rinpoche uses, which I find really helpful and profound. And, and uh, he describes, uh, you can imagine that everybody in the world is um, like an ice cube. And we're all made of the same uh, material, mm-hmm. water, and that sun can melt that ice into the water of compassion and as an ice cube you feel separate from each other separate from the world it's you against the world Mm -hmm. and it's a cold and lonely existence and the more you can melt your self-grasping which is what makes the water hard Mm -hmm. And it melts into water with that warmth of compassion. And eventually, when everybody's melted their ice, (laughs) it's one big ocean of love. And you can't distinguish which water is yours anymore. 
Oh, that's and really beautiful. So that, just getting back to the original quote of what does that all really mean, and I've always loved that metaphor because it, it's, it's so easily understood when you put it in those terms. Right. And, um, so, and, that's, and that's what I have been working on in my practice for a while, and I just find that to be true. The more I can just melt my hard edges, melt that sense of uh, separateness, mm-hmm. and, and which is what the ego does. It creates all of that. Absolutely. And, yeah, and it's, and, it's, and it's not even the way things are really existing. Well, and I find that yeah. when I, and I have as well work on these things and the separateness and the, um, the ego stuff, but I find my ego is very uh, resistant <laughs> to, yeah. to taking a back seat and will fight me or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that it, it, the ego is bad because it is not, but it definitely fights me or, or tests me or... <laughs> says, do you really want me to take the backseat on this one? Because this is the one, Kristen, that I've been telling you about. And I'll be like, oh, my God. It's relentless, some of it, I think. I, that's been my experience, too. It is really clever, too. <laughs> I was going to use that word, but then I was like, well, yeah, yeah very, very clever. clever. And, and its job is to preserve the self at all costs. Right. So that is, um, and it's, and I call it, you know, it's a big, enormous habitual pattern that, as a Buddhist, obviously I believe in past lives, and, mm-hmm. you know, that that I've been caught in this pattern since beginningless time. And so to, to really dismantle that pattern, it, it takes an enormous amount of, uh, discipline and right. perseverance, and uh, honestly, more than one lifetime, for sure, because you could see how clever it is, and, and I mean, we fight for the eye, we die for the eye, we defend the eye at all costs. The, the eye is the most precious of all, but what we don't realize is that it's just kept us trapped in that ice cube. And we will never be in that ocean of limitless, infinite love for all beings. Well, we are. Yeah. We, we are. We do experience that. And, and my wonderment is we experience that um, in spiritual form when we are not in, in physical body. We do experience that. So then why don't we choose to do that more profoundly on earth? Why don't, why don't we do that? I mean, we, we have the ability... To say, you know what, that whole paradigm life that I've been living for centuries, I'm done. I'm good. I think I get it. And I'm going to pick a whole new family now. (laughs) I'm not going to go with those people anymore because they suck or or whatever. They don't get me, whatever. That whole paradigm of I'm in the wrong family, that was my paradigm. I'm in the wrong family. I picked the wrong family. Well, I picked the family I picked and I know why now. But why not next time? I don't. I'm not doing that. Next time I'm going to go to a loving family where I'm nurtured and supported and then I can take that love and spread it out everywhere and create nirvana. Why don't we do that? Right. So why don't? <laughs> right? The, the, the thing is, it's not.
not so easy. Otherwise, we would have done it already. Well, do you think we really want Nirvana, or do you think it's just kind of fun to come down here and play all these stupid games? Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's fun at all. <laughs> I, I, I would love to be enlightened, and I, I understand the more I practice what prevents me mm. from, from that enlightened state. And it is my true nature. It's everybody's true nature. So why are we caught in this cycle of suffering? And it, it goes back to that same root that we were talking about before. It's the self-grasping. So, well, mm. then you have to ask, how do you get out of that self-grasping Right, right. And one of the ways you do that is by, it's like, fake it till you make it. Oh, I love so that you saying. you like the person, you're kind to the person you really don't like. Oh. You know, and you do not you do not say what you're really thinking mm. all those negative mean things that are how you are feeling you don't act on those okay do that with my daughter <laughs> i go okay honey mhm yeah i understand how you feel mhm okay well thank you for sharing that with me and i love you when i really feel like saying <laughs> you're so ungrateful <laughs> right but, I mean, I do love her. I, I love her beyond love. But it, there are things that she does that makes me want to say mean things, but I won't. I won't because I don't want to put that on her just because she's having a teen behavior that will pass. Right, so that you're practicing. Th- those are practicing moments <clears throat> when you're not saying exactly what you feel, but you're using your skillful speech, you're editing, and, and then we can extend that. With, you know, with our family members and then friends and then strangers and then enemies, <clears throat> you can expand that practice concentric well, circles. I do farther, find it farther out. And I do find that it's actually a little more challenging than you and I are making it out to be because I was actually at, at a um, was at a training and I met a gentleman there and I had asked a question about uh, this chemical that they're considering pumping into the earth at massive quantities <clears throat> and I'm concerned about it and I had asked what are the long-term effects of this chemical to to delay the inevitable death of these trees because of you know we're, we're having a pest issue here in the United States <clears throat> and the the ash tree is being attacked and it's not going to make it it's not, it's, it, it, as a species, this pest is going to wipe out the ash trees in, a, in the United States. And there are proposals being put forth to delay the ultimate, what will ultimately happen. But to do that, they have to pump tons of chemicals into the trees and into the earth. And my, I was concerned about that. And um, the people running the, the seminar or the training said that they didn't have those answers. And I said I found it a little irresponsible that they were suggesting this course of action without giving us the uh, long-term effects of something that's, that we're putting onto our earth. And from there, they continued talking because nobody had that answer for me. And at the break, I met, a, there was a gentleman at my table, and he wanted to talk with me about this. And I thought... He wanted to talk with me about this, but actually he just wanted to make fun of me and make me wrong, and um, he, it was unbelievable. And I, I, I found myself just like, 
uh, so angry because he was making fun of me. And finally, instead of initiating conversation with him, I said, I don't want to talk to you anymore, so please stop talking to me. And he started to say some more um, snide remarks, and, and I said, you didn't hear me, maybe. I said, stop talking to me now. And I had been trying to be polite, but I felt this person want, really wants to, really just wants to make me wrong. And so now how I could have handled things 20 years ago would have probably I would have jumped on the guy and, (laughs) you know, I would have been a very different person. But, you know, and in that instance, I just said, please stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. But I didn't I I didn't and still don't feel any super goodwill towards him. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't say to him all the things I thought about him in that moment. But, you know. How do we do that? How do how do I, you know, speak kindly and gently to somebody who is who is verbally attacking me, mm-hmm. right? Because <clears throat> I would say, you know, you are just completely identified with your emotional reaction mm. in that moment, and and we all are. It, you know, we suffer from these afflictive emotions that arise and. The only way we have a fighting chance is to create more space in our minds. Mm. So it's not a knee-jerk reaction with that afflictive emotion, whatever it is that's arising. Right. And the only way you can do that, I mean, any any good athlete worth their salt practices, right, at whatever their craft is, whatever their sport is. Mm -hmm. The same is true with their minds. But we don't think of it in that way. Uh, we need to train our minds, and that means meditation. Mm-hmm. That means sitting and <clears throat> learning to meditate and getting in touch with the spacious quality in the mind. So when you are in those hard situations, mm-hmm. when the afflictive emotions are arising and you, d- you, know, you don't have nice things to say and mm-hmm. you are no longer effective or skillful in arguing your point or... Whatever the circumstance is, it's because we just haven't done the work yet. We haven't mm. done the mind training yet. And, and it's like a muscle. You have to, to work it and strengthen it and get stronger, and then, it can, and then it can be more effective in whatever circumstance you're in. And you're not completely identified with the afflictive emotions that are rising in your mind. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you actually have a fighting chance of um, not generating ill will toward somebody who's being nasty and unkind toward you Mm -hmm. because you see his own afflictive emotions at work in his own mind and his own ice maker (laughs) is alive and well. Right, right. Right, and you don't want want to just ice up yourself. You're in the business of learning to melt the ice. Right. Into that true nature of, of love and uh, wisdom. So that's all. It, I mean, it's really about practicing um, and taking the time and, and valuing the importance of it, you know. And, and that's really the only way. I mean, the good news is that it's our true nature. Right. It's our birthright. That's right. It's nothing we have to buy or acquire or 
uh, we already have it. That's right. So, that, I mean, it's, that's just phenomenal right there. It's like... So it's free. It's free. And it's free. I mean, and actually, like, the deer and the bird and the ant, they also have it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That so I believe. It's, uh, it's just that we, we don't realize it. We don't realize the treasure we're sitting on. And so we miss it, life after life after life. And uh, the suffering continues, you know. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Emerge and dissolve from birth and death. And, and then, so then when you actually get the opportunity to get some teachings and uh, hopefully a qualified teacher, um, and then you learn to train your mind. And right. then you start to have ex- uh, experiences, and that's been my experience. And then that's inspirational. Right. And makes you want to go deeper and farther and self perpetuating. Yeah, you feel mm-hmm. everything starting to shift. And right. so you realize, oh my gosh, this is possible, but it's way harder than anything we can imagine in this realm to do physically climbing Mount Everest or yeah. It it's just as you said, it's really hard. <laughs> harder than we think. But it you you've um You've given us, everyone who's listening, and, and me, the the remembering that it is our divine right, that it is free, that it is what we are truly made out of, and that the ego and those um, cycles of sorrow and, and um, injustices and hardships are not what we're here for. And it's, it's a good reminder to everyone th- that nirvana is real um, and you have the ability to reach it every day in your meditation, even if the world outside of you isn't there yet. And that if you deepen your spiritual practice, the more nirvanas that you feel will spread out from you from there. And it becomes more realized on Earth. Yes? Exactly. exactly. And, I, and I have to just say, you know, Garcha Rinpoche is this Tibetan Lama who's almost 80 years old now. And he's just had this extraordinary life. Uh, and he, he spent 20 years in prison in Tibet uh, and endured unbelievable torture and starvation and he emerged from that entire experience with not one ounce of anger Mm. toward anybody Mm. he tapped into his true nature and realized it that pure love and so stories like this are important we need this inspiration we need to know how you get through unbelievable suffering Mm -hmm. and you can come out of this and realize your divinity realize you know why you're really here and and um, so I, I encourage people to check out his story. Well, um, I'm going to have a link to it on my blog and um, a link to um, all the things that you do so that people, when, after they hear the podcast, can go to the blog and, and research and learn and be inspired. 
So I'm really, um, we have to wrap up. I just want to say I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you today. It was really, for me, it was very powerful and beautiful. And um, I, I'm really excited for my audience to hear this. So, um, Well, I've really enjoyed talking with you too, Kristen. And thank you for the opportunity and, um, and for all the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and the awareness that you're bringing to people's lives. and So thank you for all of that good work. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, I just want to say goodbye to my audience. I love you guys. You've got a lot of stuff here to, to like, jazz up your day and, and um, move you into deeper awareness. So have at it. I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristen.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.